deep underground the Jelly Belly factory, Bibi is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and wild flavors of Bean Boozled. I've done it again. Is it cappuccino or liver and onions? <laughs> Dare to compare. Bean Boozled, 6th edition. Are you brave enough? Deep underground the Jelly Belly factory, Bibi is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and wild flavors of Bean Boozled. I've done it again. Is it pomegranate or old bandage? <laughs> Dare to compare. Be Boozled, 6th edition. Are you brave enough? I want it all again, I buy it. I told her she gotta come try it. They wondering what I've been doing. I told them I'm keeping it quiet. Right. I pull up, you know I be moving. Whipping the four and I'm cruising. The money I'm speaking to fluent. All of my business booming. Stacking my cash in abundance. All of my family funding. Finally got what I wanted. Life is amazing. I love it. Everyone know that I run it. Yeah, look at me now. I came up. I've been thinking about it. and gentlemen, welcome back to uh, now we're going to be dropping part three of our uh, three part Eagles mini series. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and bring in uh, my co host here in a little bit. And let me tell you, we are we're just so excited for, for y'all to hear this part two um of our discussion with cc hockley and uh scott mcdonald um and we <laughs> we were gonna drop it you know uh, thinking saturday but right now we just can't wait uh we're gonna give it to you guys friday instead um and yeah i'm gonna bring in my co-host jared here jared how you doing Hey man, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, sorry. I'm on. I'm good. Uh, just we were just talking about uh, about jerseys um, before we started this, and how um, fanatics or not not even fanatics, altitude authentics is already out of the the reverse retros. I mean, it's just it's insanity, dude. Like, I, I wish like hell I could have copped one early, but obviously I wasn't quick enough, and I didn't have the money to do it. So it's it's fine but yeah no 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 like i mean it, yeah this is this was honestly our in my opinion and i could be completely wrong here in my opinion outside of like maybe one or two of the abs games recaps during the bubble these were our best episodes by far oh yeah oh yeah without a doubt <laughs> Um, and if you guys got the chance to listen to to just part two, uh, the one prior to this one, it kind of starts things off with them. And we got into just a lot of the pipeline stuff that the apps were building through the uh, Colorado Eagles and the Utah Grizzlies. And just a lot of fun shooting it with those guys, like we said. Um, uh, this episode, however, we do get into more of just straight up avalanche talk. And let me tell you, it was like jared said it, it was the most fun i had ever had um just doing one of these and uh the content is uh it's some solid stuff and and we're just gonna tell you right now we did not gain any followers on a tyson jost front and there's four of us in this conversation that are all in agreement about tyson jost so fair warning if you're a tyson jost person this one might not be for you but you can just fast forward through the part where we talk about tyson um but yeah guys uh, like we said, this is a uh, part three of the mini series with CC Hockley and Scott McDonald. Hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll see you guys back here when when we're done with part three. To to jump away a little bit from the 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 younger club, let's let's talk a little bit more about the about the big boy club for a minute. I mean, you just look up and down the top nine for Colorado. Uh, there's you're you're be hard pressed to find a better top nine in in the league right now. Maybe that's biased a little bit but at the same time i mean you got 
Miko, McKinnon, Landis Cog is obviously your one, two, three punch, but then you bring in a guy like Brandon Saad, who's mm-hmm. a no BS, very gritty. I, I mean, just and bringing the fact that he's a Stanley Cup champion too. I mean, that alone is going to carry some merit. But I mean, what what, what are you guys expecting out of Brandon Saad going into the season whenever the hell we're going to start it? Because it's supposed to start today. Oh, is that right? It's supposed to start today. Yeah, yeah. December 1? Fuck. Well, look at us go. Okay. Um, yeah, I would say I'm excited about him. You know, I think that was another just savvy trade on Sackick's part. And I think he's he's the kind of veteran presence. He has a lot of Stanley Cup experience, obviously, with, with Chicago and that little mini dynasty that happened over there a few years ago. Um, I think I think he's a great fit. Um, I think he's perfect for for that uh, second line, and you know, especially come playoff times, I think I think that's one of the areas where the Avs got exposed uh, in the postseason. One was like physicalness, physicality, and then one was just you know not having like too many veteran guys like they're a very young team i think sods can be that guy to kind of you know help them segue into that that next step and i'm excited you know it's it's been a while since he's like really produced but i think i mean look what they did with uh, andre burakovsky this past year like he kind of slipped a little bit and then you, you stick him around nathan mckinnon and anyone on the Avs team and they're bound to score 20 goals so i think i, I fully expect sod to go back to being you know 20 30 goal scorer and 50, 60 points. I think that's very, very reasonable. And however many many games we get, obviously. But yeah, I think I think it was a good. It was a good move on Sackick's part for sure. Yeah, and, and he's a he's another one of those veteran, you know, defensive guys. To where when we saw when we all saw Eric Johnson go down during the playoffs, it was like okay, you know, that's kind of like the heart of our defense. Um, you know, heart and soul of the defense. You, you know, you got like the enigmas in Makar and Gerard who can take it up. But, uh, but Eric Johnson was one of those just stalwart guys where you always felt good when he was back there, you know? And when, when they lost him, in my opinion, it showed a lot more than what people realized. So Sackick definitely did the right thing in, in bringing in Brandon Saad. And, Sod's a guy, you know, in Chicago who, you know, he was a core part of their their playoff runs back when they were winning cups. So, great move by by Sackick, I think, bringing him on. Yeah, I agree. So, something that I think we forgot to mention was the Nazem Padri trade. I mean, holy shit. Hey, that's another feather in Sackick's GM cap right there. I mean... You, you get rid of Tyson Berry, who, who dropped off an edge, dropped off a cliff. Of course, that happens when you go to Toronto sometimes. But <laughs> but, but I digress. Um, Audrey, man, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's another fantastic addition to that top nine. Um, if Donskoy stays healthy um, in the playoffs last year, I mean, I think that would have been that would have been maybe just enough to push the abs to the next level. I mean, of course, Grubauer and Frantzos, you know, when you're starting Michael Hutchinson for crying out loud, I mean, you, <laughs> yeah, he you're, played, you're just, he played well and he played well too, you know, to his defense, he played well. Um, to his defense, he did, he did. I'll let you finish your thought, but he fell apart. As Scott and I were texting in game seven, he fell apart in those last five minutes and your stomach, my stomach just sank seeing it. I'm like, Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> you know, yeah. just, he, don't he, finish your thought, man. Yeah. Uh, what I was just going to say was 
I mean, he did all that he could. I feel like that that goal at the end of that game seven, we just put him in a very bad position. Because mm. um, I, I don't know how that goal kind of went down. I mean, we, we all looked like we were caught off guard in that overtime period. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, like there it is, you know, series season over basically um well Kadri blowing his guy in front did not help either i i, I mean uh, i don't know how you lose yeah. him like that i mean you're you're caught puck watching and your guy just literally sinks out in that soft spot just to the left of the of the low slot and it's a it's a freebie i mean frankie nor is making that save either yeah i was just about to say going off that point um i mean goalies are only as good as the product that's in front of them right like that's that's just the way of the world and the abs were they were depleted obviously like half the team was out during the playoffs and defense didn't help you know when you're you're playing guys like Kevin Kanaden for god's sake and you know uh, a bunch of no but Nikita Zadorov's all of a sudden your number one defenseman you know that's not named Kale McCarr you're not going to win very many games that's just that's just how it works um so I think yeah Hutchinson I think you know the team really the only reason why he won those those games were because the team, they had nothing to lose kind of thing. But I think once they were forced into game seven, you saw a better Stars team play. And, you know, that's, that's, that's what happened. I think they got a little cocky. They, they went ahead with like three or four minutes, whatever it was. And I think they kind of sat back a little bit. They thought they won. And, you know, in the regular season, maybe you do. But in the playoffs, it's like you got to turn it up to that next, next level. And the Avs just didn't have it. And then once the – you know, the, the stars scored like whatever, a few seconds later and like tied it. I think I knew right then and there that the, the abs lost the game. It's like, there's no way they win in overtime just because you could just see it in their eyes. They didn't, they didn't have anything left in them. Yeah. And with all due respect to the Dallas stars, they're not the Arizona coyotes. Um, <laughs> so uh, no, no matter how good Aiden Hill can look in an NHL game. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but I mean, going to the team's top six, I mean, we got Landy Mack and Rance and then Saad Kadri Burakovsky. I mean, that's a good top six. Yeah, that's really good. doesn't really matter. Like, I mean, you obviously want to roll four lines, but when you have a top six that good, then a very, very decent, I would say B minus third line and then a great fourth line. I mean, you're you're in, you're in prime position because a lot of teams only build around their, their top two lines. So yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really good about the depth of this team. I think Sackick on a budget did some really, really good things, made some great trades, so, you know, get some of that capital back. And I think we should expect a, a very similarly good team that we saw last year, this year, and hopefully they just stay healthy, knock on wood when the playoffs come around. Yeah. And to, to draw the ire and the groans and the eye rolls from Jared, I'll bring up the Boston Bruins <laughs> and then see how they're top. I'm not a Bruins fan. I just want to put that out there. I'm not a big oh, Bruins guy at all. What's that, Scott? I said no one really is unless, like, you're from Boston. It's like, you know, it's really <laughs> – I got a, a funny story about that. So one of my good friends in high school, he he was a big uh, Denver Broncos fan and Colorado Avalanche fan. And uh, him and I bonded over that. And I lost contact with him. He moved to Boston. He joined the Air Force and everything. And and then, yeah, has lived in Boston for the whole time. And I, I, I called him a few years ago and I said, so, uh, you know, yeah, you know, go Broncos and the Avalanche, you know, starting to, you know, turn things around. He goes, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not an Avs fan anymore. Boston started doing well and they won the cup. So I became a Bruins fan and I'm like, what the hell, man? (laughs) What are you doing? You can't do that when you're an adult. Like when you're a kid, yeah, you can change allegiances and stuff. But it's like, come on, man. But I mean, just looking at their top six, top nine, of course, you've got Marchand, Bergeron and Pasternak, Brusque, David Krejci. Andre Case, Andrews Bjork, uh, Charlie Coyle, and Craig Smith at the at the third line there, and yeah, I mean, but the Avalanche again, not to not to be a homer or anything. I mean, the the, the the lines that you mentioned, just the top two, Joel. I mean, that's that's solid. That is some solid stuff. If the Avs stayed healthy, they would have had a much deeper playoff run, both because their goaltending would have been at least shored up, and you know the defensive presence on both their you know, losing defensemen and forwards that could have contributed on a defensive level in those last five minutes of the game and got even into overtime, you know, it's uh, what it could have should have what if scenario for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If the abs stay healthy, that playoff run, I mean, I think we're hoisting a cup. I mean, we, we, I don't know. I mean, it might be a little premature, but if we stay healthy and I mean, relatively healthy, if we even lose just like one or two of those guys, you know, I think we beat Vegas, you know, Tampa Bay, we might have a little bit of trouble with depending on how long those guys are out. But um, yeah, I mean, just, you, you saw just basically that war of attrition hit us in a way that, I mean, for the life of me, I can't even remember how team even went through just something like that, you know, as far as so we had a lot of guys go down. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's like the easy, the easy way out, I think. And that's the way I took yeah. like for, for much of it. Like, I mean, Jesus Christ, if, if the abs were just like had two of those guys that were injured back on their roster, I think they beat Dallas. I think they give Vegas, you know, a run for their money. And hopefully, you know, that buys you some time to get some of those other guys back. But I think with the, with the healthy Avalanche team, I think they would have made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't know if they would have won it. I don't want to say they would have won it, but I think they would have given Tampa Bay, you know, a, a run for their money as well. But yeah, that sucks. You know, it, it just really, really sucks. And a lot of those guys in the post game Zoom call after that is obviously like somber. McKinnon said it. Landis Gog said it. And like we, we just got fucked by like injuries. Like that's that's just the way that it went. And if we would have been healthy, if we would have had, we're not starting an AHL goaltender in game seven of the Stanley Cup, you know, playoffs, we would have had a shot. But unfortunately, like that's, we, we didn't. So, I mean, hopefully they can stay healthy. That's, that's a big thing. A lot of people want to get in Grubauer about that and how he's, he's been unhealthy for some playoff runs in his past. And we'll, we'll see. I think, yeah, this, this team, I, I don't think they got any worse than they did you know, this past off season than they were last year. So I think they have a shot to, to be just as good as they were last year. And hopefully again, they just stay healthy. And I think they'll, they'll have a good chance of at least making it to the finals. I think. I, I, I want to pose this question just to the group. I mean, I, I think there might be one area where the abs did get worse this year in the off season. And I kind of, I want to see what everyone thinks. And I think it's going to be the penalty kill. With the departure of Matt Nieto, 
being the big key to that deal. I mean, Nieto, for a lack of for lack of a better term, he was a amazing third, fourth line guy, bottom six guy, who just loved to kill penalties. I mean, I, the the dude showed nothing but heart and effort when he was out there with as a man down. I mean. I, just looking at the at the roster now, it's like, well, who do you slide in for a guy like Matt Nieto? Well, Jared, I, I see your Matt Nieto, and I'll raise you one Logan O'Connor. I think that's uh, he is an elite penalty killer, and this is that yeah, is true. <laughs> you know, quite a few times, but I've, I've got to be the president of Logan O'Connor's fan club at this point. Uh, yeah, just seeing the guy from DU, like as a pioneer, to just what he's done with the with the Eagles the past couple of years. I mean, the dude is all heart and soul. I think he's he's a better, cheaper Matt Nieto. He's faster. I think he's probably just as good, if not better, on the penalty kill. He has more offensive upside, I think, and he's he's fearless. I think that was one of the most gratifying things for me, like just watching the broadcast on NBC during the playoffs when Logan O'Connor was slotting into those games and just hearing, you know, the Pierre Maguires of the world and all those guys you know, just raving about how, how great of a player Logan O'Connor is. And like, who is this kid? And I was like, we all know damn well who this kid is. So like, I, I know who this guy is. Like, I talked to him. Like, it's just great seeing that. It's like, I've, I've known he's been capable of doing this for like such a long time. For Eagles organization knows that as well. And I, I think O'Connor's in the NHL next year. I think that's easy. I think he'll be on the fourth line. I think he'll be a, a better fit on that fourth line with Calvert and, and Belmar. I think he'll do great on the penalty kill. He'll be just fine. Yeah, and I'll throw a bone to uh, Tyson Jost as well. He's decent on on the penalty kill. That's all I'm giving him. <laughs> well, and you know, you got <laughs> you're also going to have to replace. Uh, I mean, Zadorov as well. I mean, he 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 got some time on the penalty kill as well. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm not remembering that right, but I mean. I'm more concerned about, you know, replacing not one guy, but two guys on your penalty kill. I mean, you know, just looking at some statistics here. I mean, yeah, Nieto, aside from 16.7% of the time, <laughs> from what I'm reading here on this site, yeah, you know, he's on the ice for the PK. Uh, Zadorov, you know, over, just over 30% of the time. But, um, yeah, uh, to have not one, but two of your guys leave in the offseason or get traded to have the the penalty kill, yeah, I I would agree with Jared. I think that's a that's a little a little bit of a level of concern raised raised on that. But I mean, it's nothing that I think you should hit the panic button over. Mm. But I mean, PK has kind of been an issue for for a little bit. They had a really good year, seventeen eighteen, I think, um, and then you know, it kind of slipped up since then. But I don't think it's like necessarily an area of concern. I think they're they're probably average on the PK, which you you obviously want to be top ten in in your special teams. I think power play is just fine, obviously. And PK, you know, if you if you average the two out, I think your special teams is still probably top ten. But I mean, I the answer to that, I guess, is take less penalties, and I'm sure that's what Coach Benar is saying. Like in the locker room, it's like we don't have to have a great PK if you're never on the PK. So that's what I have to say to that. Discipline. Yeah, I'm checking yeah. to see. Go ahead. 
I was just going to say too, I mean, you have guys like Belmar and JT Comfer who are just those certified guys who that, that is what they do. They, you know, they kill penalties. Um, and losing Nieto to, I mean, I think he went back and signed uh, yeah, went uh, back to San, San Jose. Jose. Yeah. San Jose again. Um, you know, I loved watching him play for us. He was one of those guys where, um, you know, when he was on the ice, he could, he could take that PK and turn it into something offensively. Um, you know, a guy like, uh, guys like Nemistikov and Nachushkin come to mind too. Um, you know, those third, fourth line guys, but not as much to a degree, but. Yeah. Nachushkin too. Yeah. I guess I didn't, I didn't think about that one, but yeah, he's, he's great on the defensive side of the puck. Like he's, he could slot into that. That PK unit, second PK unit for sure. I I, I was I was just always hoping during that um, the 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 conference semifinal round against Dallas, I'd be like, how just like how great a poetic justice would that be for right. Nachushkin <laughs> to score the game winner and send the Avs through against his old club? I was like, that would just be poetic. Yeah, he did have a big, he did have like a big game against Dallas. Like he scored like two goals in one of the games. I yeah, think. Mm-hmm. he did. He did. Yeah, yeah. Or, like for goals, but still, yeah, it was kind of like that big fu to to them I mean, like, 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 like we all remember like when he when he's part of that i think it was shorthanded against uh toronto in toronto and that was like the start of when he just started really taking off because he finally got the monkey off of his back of not scoring a goal in the last i think it was like two and a half years almost yeah and i mean dallas job. yeah D- dallas discarded him for nothing i mean absolutely nothing you don't think that guy has a chip on his shoulder going up against them? Like that was great to see as far as him netting a few against against Dallas. That's another we'll we'll circle back to the Joe Sackick GM of the year, you know, soapbox that I'm on. But I mean Nichushkin, Jesus, sign him for like what, seven hundred thousand dollars or or whatever it was and turn him into a bona fide NHL player again. And that's that's awesome. And sign him to Warriors. And now he gets paid. He gets he gets two and a half for two years. So I mean, can't hate that. I don't think any of us are making that kind of money just yet. But working on it. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. Uh, another kind of like polarizing guy. Sorry, CC, to cut you off there. Um, You're good. Vladislav Kamenev. I. Uh, another, let's. I mean, another piece of that Matt Duchesne deal. I mean, he's still unsigned, and we're we're pretty deep into this whole process. I mean, it, like I, I believe he had an arbitration hearing, but nothing came of it just yet. So, I, I mean, is so, he another guy who's just kind of uh, who knows? Yeah. No, actually, like, so he's still on the team. Um, they they qualified him. I reached out to to a source that's close to him. And yeah, he did, he did get an offer from Joe Sackick and any company, which is great. But yeah, I just, I just don't know. Uh, I don't know where he fits on the team. And I think that's, that's part of the reason why he's in the KHL or like back in Russia right now, because I don't think he knows where he fits either. And there's, there's a lot of reluctancy on both sides. So yeah, they qualified him, but I don't expect him to ever be back in North America. Um, I think we'll, yeah, we'll see what he does in Russia this year. But at this point, it's just like, there's really no room on the team, man. Like if you're, if you're mediocre, you're, you're just not going to make a spot. Like there's, there's too many guys pushing for it. And there's too many guys, great prospects that, that Joe and his staff are, are, you know, drafting and, and picking up through crazy trades 
that there's just not enough room for a lot of these like average guys. And that's why you're seeing them. A lot of them go to uh, elsewhere, I guess, not, not just Russia, but to Europe. Well, in your old stomp, stomping grounds, mile high hockey, um, they, they reported back in September that he had, you know, signed over in Russia. And then he kind of, uh, kind of um, closed the door, albeit gently, uh, as gently as you can on Instagram, you know, posted a picture, a few pictures of himself, you know, first one there's dapping up of Arlamov. And it says, thanks to all the fans and thank you, Colorado Avalanche, for everything. I will miss you guys. So if that's, if that's not a, a statement of finality, then, you know, I don't know what is. But, yeah, it, it, I'm thinking he stays over in Russia, especially with, uh, with a statement like that. Yeah. That's part of the reason why, like, I reached out over there. It's like mm-hmm. that's very much seemed like a, a goodbye. Thanks for nothing. Like, abs fans, whatever. Like, oh, okay, like, what's that about? And I just want to see, because, you know, we saw their qualifying, like, the A.J. Greers and, like, a lot of those, a lot of those Eagles guys and Kamenev's, like, name was left off a lot of those lists so uh, yeah he he got qualified they didn't want to make it like public he didn't want to make it public and i think part of the reason is because he's probably not expecting to to come back it's like great i have that you know that out if i want i can go back to the to north america and get paid if i want to but i'm probably not going to i think that's kind of the vibe i got from from over there so i don't expect him to, to be back I don't think so. No. At the time, you know, the, when the trade happened, it was it was very promising. Like he looked like he would be a you know a good forward prospect, but since then, obviously, the ABS have have built up a lot of depth at forward, and I think they're they're good now. And and, and depth problem and, and depth that's not even on the Eagles too. I mean, I mean, hell, we haven't even talked about Alex Newhook. Yeah, I mean that's that's a guy who's been true. completely out of this entire podcast thus far. <laughs> And we haven't even talked about Nick Henry, uh, Travis Barron, Ty Lewis. I mean, I mean, you go on and on. I mean, Loveland's stacked, and not only is Loveland stacked, but the pipeline is stacked. Yeah, it's getting clogged. That's that's the problem. Colby you know, Ambroso, like- too, fourth round pick this year, dude. That kid looks insane right now. Just what he put up. Was, what he put up this weekend, like Where's six the- points this weekend or something. Yeah, has a few points. Yeah. Jean Luc Fody, too. That's another guy I'm going to be really excited to see. Um, you know, hopefully in the next couple of years, play play with the Avs or the, or the Eagles. I mean, he he's one of those just two way guys that can kill it both ways, you know? Um, so, so definitely excited to see him, uh, see him get in on it as well. So, yeah. I think it's 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 got to be a scary thing. That's, that's exactly where you want to be. You know, if you're if you're the front office staff of any NHL team, it's like you want your players to be scared. Like it's like if I if I fuck up at all, it's like I'm gonna lose my job because there's someone like nipping at my heels right now for for this job that wants it maybe more than I do. So it's it's a that's that's part of the the savvy prowess of Joe Sakic and his team. It's like you. That's part of why it's such a big deal to, you know, build up your team from the bottom up because you always want to have that pipeline just bursting at the seams and ready to go at any point. And that's what we're seeing right now for the for the Avs. I wouldn't feel comfortable if you're if you're a first round draft pick for the Avalanche. It's like I might not be on this team like in a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of makes me like I'm worried a little bit about the expansion draft, but not really to the point where we just have so much depth now. 
Yeah. I think Tyson Joseph looked great in that cracking <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. cracking, right? <laughs> yes. Well, Scott and I have talked about that too over this offseason. Is Josie would be perfect for uh, expansion bait, you know, because he is still a young guy. Last, you know, just one year deal. Expose him and, you know, hopefully have a Calvin Pickard situation, you know, just. I mean, obviously didn't play a game for Vegas so, and the Avs didn't really lose, lose much. I mean, I like picks as much as the next guy, but I mean, you know, he's he's kind of doing his thing at, at the AHL level and he's that's pretty much where he's going to be. So so hopefully the Avs, you know, come out of uh, this expansion um, ordeal, you know, as well as they did uh, when Vegas came knocking, you know, three, four years ago now. Yeah. I really, yeah, I think it's going to be Tyson Jost. And good. I mean, that's that's you know they'll follow the Vegas model and you know take all of like the NHL team's dejected stars and turn them into something great. And I, I really do like. I wish I wish Tyson Jones you know nothing but the best, but mm-hmm. not going to work here. He doesn't fit the system, and it's unfortunate. A lot of people just want to hang their hats on the fact that he's you know tenth overall pick or whatever whatever the hell he was like first 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 rounder. Um. But he's not – I think he got rushed through a lot of the process. I think a change of scenery is exactly what he needs. And I hope he gets that somewhere. 200% agree with you there, Scott. Um, I mean, he's – yeah, he's one of those guys that – and even with Jared and I talking about this in um, previous episodes, he's a guy that could definitely uh, just benefit from just a full change of scenery. Yeah. So he a lot of players right he, he reminds me a lot of, of Chris Bigra and just, just the guy who needs that change of scenery. I mean, Bigra hasn't really done anything over new with the, uh, with the blue shirts in, in New York. But I mean, I mean, what we got back out of that was riches rags to riches. Really? Yeah. Fucking <laughs> great. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, 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 you put something out earlier today and I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the entire thing, Scott, but I want to just kind of, because I did read it. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the entire story though. Oh, which, what are we, what are we talking about? How long until you lose the condor? Oh yeah. No, that was a, that was a tough one to write. Um, yeah. I mean, essentially to summarize it, it was, it was one of my Scott takes, which is like what I call my column. So I like to, I like to get free with my language in that one. And, Data encourages it for sure. Um, but yeah, I think just when you're looking at the way this team is trending, you look at the, the you know, how stacked the defense is with, with young talent. Um, yeah, I think this is, this is it for Eric Johnson. I think this is, this is going to be his last year. And, um, whether that means, I think the salary cap's an issue too. The flat salary cap is, is a problem. The fact they're paying him $6 million to do, not too much isn't, you know, isn't great for, for the accountant side of things. But I think this really is probably like his last year, um, unfortunately. And he spent 10 years, a decade in Denver. He's done great. You know, he's a fan favorite. He's an elder statesman of the, in, the, in the locker room. Um, but I think just the way this team is trending, he just doesn't really have a part on the team anymore. So that sucks. And I think he probably knows it too. You know, he's, he's a veteran in this league. I think he knows that young pups are, are nipping at the heels. I think I said in the, in, in my story, 
but that's that's just the way it is you know at this point like he could be a seventh defenseman on on the abs roster when you when you look at everybody and you know you only have like a year until until bowen byram joins the rankings and then connor timmons is a full-timer and then where's eric johnson like he's you're paying six million dollars for a seventh defenseman that's playing 20 games in the nhl so i think they're probably gonna have to have to buy him out or or, or trade him i don't know if anyone's gonna there's gonna be any takers on the trade front but I think, yeah, they'll ask him to waive his no movement clause and expose him in the in the expansion draft for sure. Yeah. At least. Saw kind of a funny take on Twitter just going off the um Eric Johnson stuff. There was a like a video of this of a guy in like a bird sanctuary. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but basically it was a big condor coming in <laughs> to land basically and uh and I can't remember who quoted the tweet, but one of them was just like Eric Johnson, the condor coming, coming back to rest. And it was just like one of the, it was, it was you know, pretty funny take as far as this, um, like hit the nail on the head, but yeah, what you have waiting in the wings, you know, pun intended, it's, it might be time for, um, you know, as sad as it may be, kind of look at it as like a Tyson Berry type situation almost. Mm. Um, better for the team, even though you're losing one of those guys that's a fan favorite eventually. And the thing that's great with like that, especially Johnson, you know, of all people, like he's he's just a a bona fide de facto like veteran guy. Like he knows he knows what's best for the team. A lot of people like I've read plenty of articles that have said like if you were to pick one person, you know, on the Avalanche roster or whatever that that could be a general manager in this league, like it's it's Eric Johnson or like Gabe Landeskog. That's because like there's there's smart guys that know, you know when to when to kind of see themselves out, like if you will. And I think he he knows it. Like <laughs> the injury didn't help in the playoffs. The injuries in the past haven't helped. Um, the fact that he spent ten years here, been through the highs and lows. Um, he hasn't won a cup. You know the experiment is is all but over at this point. And he's got a few years left on his contract. But you you got younger guys that are cheaper especially in this flat salary cap era that we're about to enter. Um, there's just no room left for the guy and it sucks, but I think he knows it. And that's why a lot of people like were were quote tweeting my article and just commenting on it or whatever about like, Oh, there's no way he'd like wave his no movement clause to like get exposed to Vegas. Like there's no way he'd like agree to be bought out or anything. It's like, yes, he would. Mm-hmm. He's a smart guy. Like he's, he knows what's best for this team and he's, he's not a selfish guy. So I think he would absolutely do it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's going to be the case. And you know, like you said, oh, oh go ahead. I, I was just going to say, um, really excited to to read that piece too, Scott. Um, haven't gotten around to it yet, but uh, you know, I love the work that you and Dater both do for you know you with Colorado Hockey now, and you know Dater, you know, for bigger things for the posts. Um, just you know, really cool to see you guys. Really, just hit your stride too. It was really cool to see. Yeah, that's really cool. It's been really cool working with him. Like he's he's been a great mentor. Obviously, he's been doing this longer on the Avs beat than literally anybody. He like he broke the story about the Avs moving from Quebec to Colorado. Like he was the first person on the beat. So cool learning from him for sure. And I'm I'm happy that I'm under his wing. Yeah, good good word. And, and sorry to cut you off there, CC. No worries. No worries. It it, it happens. Uh, oh, he broke the word on the Rocky Mountain Extreme, the yeah. original team name. Good God, that's a awesome. 
back to the condor. Um, you know, when you're getting paid $6 million over the next three seasons, and you've already locked up Sam Gerrard for $5 million for multiple years, and you're on the last year of Kale McCarr's entry-level contract, which is like 875000 right now, obviously, like the NFL, you get a great rookie deal on these NHL guys, and it's just like, oh, my God. You know, and now we're coming into a contract year from a car, uh, not this season, but the next season. I mean, yeah, you either expose them in the expansion draft or Joe Sackick works his magic and gets them traded and gets a haul back <laughs> because that's what Joe Sackick does. So if like anybody Alexander can get Ovechkin for Eric Johnson, exactly. That's exactly what's going to happen. Anyone's going to do it. He's going to he's going to do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. amazing just to see that Duchesne deal work itself out to its fullest because it basically was completed like us, like we, we were all talking about this year, going all the way down to uh, Eustace Antonin. So uh, it's just, it's great, you know. Um, just, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Um, yeah, uh, it's just great to see. You know, guys like Kale McCarr step up, guys like Gerard step up um, to where, you know, you have Gerard for like the next six, seven years. You have, you know, McCarr's contract, especially with him winning the Calder this year, that's going to be a pretty heavy, uh, you know, heavy signing as far as uh, that contract that we're all talking about. Yeah. To kind of spoil it for you, Joel, since you haven't, you haven't read it, that's, that's kind of like the premise of, of my my hot takes is is that yeah it's just it's the cap issue it's like when you have Makar and uh and Landeskog we're all both up for contract extensions next year it's like you got to think I mean no way Makar is getting less than you know eight to nine million dollars no way exactly like he's going to be a top five defenseman you know paid paid defenseman in this league and you got you know Landeskog he's your captain he's not going to take a discount um, he's getting six to seven million dollars. Like that right there is accounting for thirteen to fourteen million dollars off your cap space. And we have twelve guys signed. I think it's something like fifty-five million plus. You add those two guys at, at thirteen or fourteen million. It's like you're you have to sign. You have to sign like six more guys, and you have you know twenty million dollars of cap space. And it's like maybe you sign, you re-sign Saad. Saad's gonna be another four or five million dollars. We need a goalie because Philip Grubauer's contract is up. That's going to be three to five million dollars. And it's like you, you start doing the math, and that's kind of like where I I started to think about this this concept of the story. It's just like I mean, if there's going to be a guy that you're going to buy out to make make room for cash, you look at the one guy who doesn't fit on this team anymore, and it's it's Eric Johnson. Like the the team is trending younger, faster, you know, more playmakers, and Eric Johnson just is the exact opposite of that. So, and he's taking up $6 million. You can free up $6 million in cash space. You have a lot more, a lot more fun, a lot more room to work with. And I think that's, that's just the only way out at this point. It, is, it sucks the, the flat salary cap. Like maybe he could have stayed if, you know, it went up to 86 million, $87 million. We're, we're going to be stuck at 81.5 for God knows how long. It sounds like we might be training towards another lockout at this point. So I'm just I'm just hoping we figure something out. Like the NHL is still standing by its position that January first, exactly a month from when we're recording this, that we're gonna have hockey back. But that's an absolute joke. Yeah. 
It is. It's, it's not going to be before February, March at this point. Yeah. I've you heard. It's going to be 40 games. Yeah. I've heard February too. Um, Cause there was a talk about January. I'm like, that'd be a really cool birthday present. Cause my birthday is actually on January 1st, you know, seeing, know seeing, seeing hockey back, you know, just when I'm turning 27 here in about a month, um, that'd be really cool to see. But, uh, but like you were saying, just with all the, just mystery behind this this COVID stuff. Um, it uh, remains to be seen, but definitely, you know, ex- just excited to hopefully have it back in the next couple months. And we've all been chomping at the bit here for sure. Um, <laughs> and and Cece, I want to pose this one to you. I mean, like, like what's it what's it looking like in the minor league ranks on that? I mean, COVID has absolutely just thrown a wrench in everything across every sport at the minor league level. I mean, like, how, like what's the lasting impact going to be j- just from COVID alone on this? And uh, great question, as we have been tackling this at the sin bin on the AHL, ECHL, and the SPHL SPHL level, the single A hockey. Can't forget about those guys down there in the south. But February 5th, that is the that is the target date for the AHL, which man, it's looking more and more unlikely. I mean, you've got Pennsylvania that has a number of AHL teams that are, you know, locking down gatherings and maybe barely have enough for, you know, the teams and the, the staff to be there. And of course, the, the lower you get, I mean, the AHL. It's probably the only league that might be able to work something out, but man, I mean, ECHL and especially the SPHL, I mean, the SPHL had to drop from 10 teams to five this year just to try and salvage something to make it work. You know, the other, other five teams got a respite for this season and they're on hiatus, but, but man, it's like, it's so difficult because you don't have TV deals like the NHL and the NFL and the NBA, Good God, the NBA, so much money coming in from their TV deals, but you know, you don't have these deals that are supporting contracts. Uh, it's all gate driven. It's all merchandise driven. And, and when you draw all those people to the games, you're going to get that income. But you don't have that with COVID. Like I said Pennsylvania. You've got Lehigh Valley, uh, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton. You know, residing there. Um, a lot of northeastern states. I know New York is also pretty cracked down right now. That's part of the reason why the ECHL's North Division opted out. They're out. You got six teams that have said we're not going to play this year. Two of them were up in Canada. I had a feeling that because of that, the whole the division might just be like, "Screw it, we're not going to do it this year." And um, and you had two South Division teams. You have the Atlanta Gladiators and the Norfolk Admirals that have also bowed out. So that's you know eight of your twenty six teams that have decided to call it quits. Um, for this season and the ECHL is it's very contentious from from what I'm hearing from from sources um, my my editor who <laughs> he's got a, a much bigger finger on the pulse of uh, the ECHL than I do these days but but yeah um, it's just uh, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a cluster in regards to all of that because you you have such a gate driven minor league hockey system that it, it, it might just be worth it not to do it this year. It might just be worth it to to say, you know what? Let's just call it good, and we'll come back in 21-22. And uh, I tell you, I'll, I'll end it with this. 
Joseph Wills, uh, Charlotte Checkers contributor for, for the Sinbin. He just put out an article today. So go to at Sinbin News, scroll down the feed, click on the article. It's a short read, but it's a good read. It's such a good, it's because he doesn't just talk about the minor league system. He talks about hockey in general. Like if these kids that are in U8, U10, you know, U12, and they're developing, he's like, this is going to affect hockey for the next three, four, the prospects that are coming up. This is going to affect way down even to the Mighty Mites level. Because you got these kids that want to get into hockey or, or you know, they want to hone their skills and stuff like that, and they're losing time. They're losing, you know, particular development that they could have. Go give that a read when you get a chance because that typifies everything that you just asked in that short little question, Jared, is that, you know, not only is the minor league hockey system going to be screwy for a while, but the overall developmental system, you know, in the United States and Canada is going to be a little screwy for a bit too. Yeah. I'm just worried about the long-term like implications of, of these like canceled seasons for a lot of, for a lot of teams. Like, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, it's like, yo, fuck the NHL. Like they're going to be fine. They're, they're set financially. No team's going to fold out of that. But a lot of these like AHL, like they might be fine too, but a lot of these ECHL teams, like, I mean, they they can't afford to just you know cancel a season like this. It's like they're 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 coming back like when they do you know return for the twenty one twenty two season or whatever it is. Um, you know who knows like what they're gonna be able to afford and if they even have like an arena to play at stuff like that. Like there's a lot of just like the financial stuff that people. I think all of us as like fans, you know, first and foremost, we're just so concerned about just like having the product on ice and like watching, consuming watching on our laptops or TVs or whatever. But I think for like a lot of these, you know, people that work for these teams and, and stuff like that, like they're, they're not going to have jobs ever again. And it's, it's sad. Like I follow a lot of whether it's social media people or, you know, PR people for, you know, a lot of minor league teams. And like, I just lost my job. Like I'm never, it was my dream job and I, I'm never going to be able to like do this again because of like COVID and like, they're not going to get rehired back. Like, for another couple of years, like whatever it might be. So it sucks. And this sucks for like a lot of people. And mm-hmm. there's, there's really nothing we can do, but just wait idly by. Yeah. Hopefully that vaccine, I mean, they're talking about the vaccine getting developed at the end of the month here. So, yeah, I mean, the quicker they can get that vaccine out. I mean, obviously you have to make sure it's safe and everything for everyone, but um, you know, the quicker you get that vaccine just nationally widespread and even, you know, just worldwide spread as far as that goes. Uh, Hopefully you see a return, but like you were talking about, I mean, both of you guys, Scott and CeCe, the amount of money that those leagues will lose, it's definitely going to put just a very bleak outlook on uh, ECHL, you know, leagues like that for sure. Um, Yeah. It does. It, like, it trickles down to, to like us too, as, as journalists, like you're starting to see the, the landscape of our, our job market just kind of change like drastically. Like it's, we're, we're going from, you know, having locker room access for practices and for games and stuff like that. to now we're relegated to, to zoom calls like, like this. And, you know, who knows if this might be like the new, the new way things are, are run. It's like, it's, it's a little less fun this way. Um, 
Like I would much rather be shaking hands with the players and fist bumping the players and, and talking to those, like my, my, my colleagues, my friends, but you know, I don't think it's, it's going to be a while till we reach that. I think, yeah, it, it, it just, it just sucks for, for all of us up and down the thing, mostly for the people that work for the teams, stuff like that. And then selfishly for, for guys like me and CC and you guys and, that are, are just like never gonna, or at least for now, feels like never gonna like have our, our jobs back. And it, it sucks. And there's nothing you can do about it too, is the thing. Like you just, you just wait by, hope for, hope for a vaccine and hopefully we'll get life back to normal. But until then it might be two years until that happens. Like I, I know a vaccines, you know, we're saying December, we might get one, but you're saying by the end of like 2021, we'll finally be able to like get herd immunity and like distribute it to everybody. So that's another year from now. It's like we got to hunker down for another year until life gets back to normal. So we'll see. Yeah, it's like with polio back in the, you know, the, the first part of the 20th century, you know, they didn't come out with a vaccine until four years um, after their the pandemic started. That's the quickest turnaround in modern history of a vaccine. Of course, technology has, you know, exponentially, you know, helped out the the medical um, folks develop a a vaccine for COVID-19. But man, it's just like, okay, yeah, there's going to be some people that take it. There's going to be some people that don't. It's gonna. It's not gonna be a mandate for sure. There's gonna be. There's still gonna be that freedom of choice here in America to, to not take that vaccine. But, but yeah, when you're dealing with uh, with sports, you're dealing with guys. I mean, good God, if the NFL is on the cusp of shutting everything down, I mean, and and maybe they aren't. Maybe they aren't. Are not rather. And, and I'm just looking into it too much. But when you have 12 players. That are going to be potentially sitting out and you have to reschedule a game for Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And you, I mean, to, to, to go local here, guys, my God, when you have all four quarterbacks of the Denver Broncos organization on and sitting out because of COVID protocols and you have to start a fucking wide receiver it's a ju- on the practice squad. And the NFL just gave the okie doke. You know, just okie doked yeah. Denver and said, you guys are playing on Sunday, but they, oh, we'll bump out the Ravens. I'm going on a tirade there. But the long and short of it, if the NFL is barely keeping it together with strands, kind of like Major League Baseball had to do until they were done, I mean, how is this going to work out for minor league hockey? How is this going to work out at the NHL level when you don't have the funds for a bubble, when you don't have, you know, that kind of situation? Until a vaccine comes around, it's just it's it's a cluster. Yeah, but I mean, as far as just the the general scope of all the leagues go, I mean, you had your COVID issues for the NFL, you had your COVID issues for the NBA when they were doing their bubble, but the NHL was the only league. I mean, they kept it clean. Mm-hmm. There was. Not a player, not a, uh, you know, coach or even guys that were affiliated with the team that, you know, they all did their due diligence and you didn't have a positive coronavirus test in the entirety of the NHL uh, bubble playoffs. Yeah, I think think a lot of teams like that's they wish they could do that, like 
I know, you know, to keep it local, like the DU Pioneers and the, the NCHC, the conference they play in, they're, they're playing in a pod in Omaha, Nebraska, starting today as a, as a recording this. And for the next three weeks, like they're, they have to play 10 games in like 18 days or something. Um, doing the same thing the NHL did. They're just mirroring that, that model. I think if a lot of teams could do that, like, yeah, that'd be great. But the, the fact of the matter is, it's like, you know, those teams, they have to front the bill on, you know, having 30 people stay in a hotel room for, you know, consecutive nights. So you pay what, like a hundred dollars a night for a hotel room, multiply that by, you know, 30 times 21. It's like, you're, you're losing quite a bit of money and then, and then travel, you're paying for food, all that stuff. The NHL, those big organizations, they can afford stuff like that. But for, for the minor leagues, it's just, that's an impossible, that's an impossible angle. But that's yeah. the safest way to do it is to, yeah, literally quarantine all your players and, and everything. But it's just not a feasible, feasible thing, unfortunately. Yeah, and I mean, you look at like the just the general sports world. I, I look at the. Uh, you guys hear it was going on with the San Francisco Forty Niners. Mm-hmm. They they're in a bit of a pickle because they they basically with everything that's going on in, in California too. They basically up and moved their team to Arizona. And they're practicing, you know, fully in Arizona where they're taking these team chartered flights once a week out to Arizona just to practice. I mean, you know, obviously it's the, it's the NFL and it's a little bit more money there, but you gotta, you gotta wonder just how long that can go on, you know? Yeah. Not, not for long. That's the thing. Like the NHL was able to pull it off for a two month bubble, but for a season, it's not happening. Like that's just that's so much money, and that's part of the reason why. Like yeah, you look at you know, the Stanley Cup Finals, like they're just rescheduling games and like just kind of expediting the process to just even save like on one or two days of you know hotel fares or whatever. It's like for God's sake, games four and five were backs to back to backs, and in the Stanley Cup Finals, which is like arguably the two most important games in in the Stanley Cup Finals. And the fact the NHL is willing to just like say, Hey, fuck it. Like you guys are playing back to back. Cause we have to get out of here. Like as soon as possible, that's just telling even the NHL, you know, by the end of it, it's just like, we can't, we can't do this anymore. Like, sorry guys. Like I know you're all, you know, playing on broken legs and shit, but listen, it's going to save us like $80,000 a day for you guys to get the fuck out of here. So, uh, that's, that's how it has to be. But for, for a full season, no, you absolutely can't do it. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think they have, an idea in place to have you know small bubbles and have teams like rotate through that which might be like a, a cheaper option rather than having everyone stay in like one spot for six months or whatever and we'll, we'll see what they pull off and i think that's why talks have been quiet right now one for the financial side of things because players haven't gotten paid since you know, march and then also just what the hell do we do you know if you're gary bettman you have the worst job in the world right now and as do you work your way down the list. You know, every every commissioner or every person in charge of whatever sports league they're in, they're just like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Like <laughs> uh, I'm brainstorming just like you. Like I wanna I wanna see sports. I wanna make money, but unfortunately, you know, this is this is where we're at right now. I think a lot of it's like they're they're kind of delaying until a vaccine comes and hopefully they can, you know, get their players at the top of the list for the vaccines. But that's uh we'll see. That's where you gotta give uh 
credit to ECHL Commissioner Ryan Creeland for better or worse. He just he said December 11th is when half of the league will start and January 11th will be when the other half starts. And he's got 13. He well, he had 13 teams on both of the both of the sides of that, but now he he's got a lot less, like I said, because of those opt-outs. But but man, he stuck to his guns. The ECHL started training camps today for those teams that are going with a December 11th start. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But I mean, I hope those minor league guys are a lot more diligent, you know, wearing their masks, social distancing, not putting themselves in uh, strip clubs or having adult entertainers come and visit you. <clears throat> NBA bubble. <clears throat> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, kudos to Ryan Creeling because, man, he just was like, all right, let's do this. Let's try this. You know, if the and obviously he counted the cost because Ryan Creeland's, Creeland's a smart guy. He's been in the ECHL uh, even before commissioner for a long time. But man, that's got to take some cojones to stick to a date because the NHL couldn't do it. The AHL had to bump out their date to to February fifth. The ECHL, the so far they're sticking with December eleventh and in January eleventh. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah, it's a waiting game at this point. No one knows mm-hmm. what's going. We're all just hoping. We're crossing our fingers over here in our, our respective houses and hoping for a vaccine that, by the way, like you, you were touching on it a little bit earlier with the whole polio thing. It took four years. Jesus, it took nine months to, to, to make a vaccine. Like, that's pretty, pretty goddamn impressive. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it has like 100%. Like, I think Moderna, like a couple other like vaccine places. Or, or pharmaceutical companies have applied for like emergency distribution or whatever, and it's it, it's wild, yeah, how far science has come, and the fact that a lot of people are projecting this to take to like 2022 before we get a vaccine. The fact they're able to do it in the same calendar year that this happened is is pretty damn amazing. Absolutely. And I mean, just it, it goes to kind of just the resiliency of us as a country. Um, I mean, as of right now, as of just all, all four of us talking here, we've got two companies in, in Moderna, like Scott was saying, and with Pfizer, where they're both claiming, you know, 95% effective in nine months, which, I mean, you got to imagine just the type of work that they put into to even make that a feasible feat. Um, and on top of that, you you look at just our culture and how we've always placed sports as uh, as just events where people can come together and kind of get their mind off of things like this. So, you know, hopefully you see a little bit of resurgence there to where people are like, hey, you know, we, we can all kind of come together during this as well. Yeah. I think it's needed for sure. I think a lot of people missed sports. Like, obviously, when it, when it got canceled, like, in the prime time, by the way, of like oh, yeah. season March, like you missed out on March Madness, you know, Stanley Cup, like we we're right in the heat of, you know, chasing for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Obviously, NBA has the same schedule as the NHL. It's it, it was rough for, for a lot of people. And I think it definitely me being like the sports junkie, I'm sure all of us on this call right now, same thing. It's like we, we missed a, a large part of our lives. Like that sucked. Baseball too. Baseball didn't, you know, we didn't get to start on time. And I mean, Rock, it sucks. Yeah. And I think you know, we realized a lot how, how much we, we need this, and I hope we get it back soon. 
Yeah, and I mean, for the baseball side of things, the Rockies aren't doing anything super spectacular. So I'm all right with, with not paying attention to them for a little bit anyways. <laughs> um, but, uh, but the teams that occupy what's now called Ball Arena, um, unfortunately, in my eyes, I'm always going to refer to it as Pepsi Center. Um, like you know those guys in the nuggets and the abs especially the abs you know they're going to be two bona fide teams i feel like uh coming up these um these next few seasons you know next decade even i mean the nuggets are absolutely as stacked as as the abs in my opinion with some stuff that they've been doing and the nba uh training camps have just started as well um this week so you're seeing just a lot of resiliency, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, damn, how's two and a half hours sound? That's it. That flew by. Have, have a go at it, guys. <laughs> I, I, looked, I looked down, I was like, oh shit, it's almost nine o'clock. <laughs> I got to get it done. <laughs> but hey, uh, guys, we really do appreciate you jumping on. Uh, sorry again, it took so long to get this all squared away and hammered out, but. Thanks for having us, man. I had, a, I had a good time. And I think, yeah, part of the reason why it took so long was definitely for me. I had to reschedule like a few times, but yeah, hopefully the schedule starts clearing up here, here in the future. And I'd love to be back on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We should definitely do some more uh, just kind of joint sessions like this. Um, and I think I speak for all of us when, you know, I had a blast tonight just, just shooting the mm-hmm. shit with you guys. Um, talking avs talking eagles uh talking some grizzlies too um vaccines and shit <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah in closing um you guys got anything else you want to you want to add or anything like that no i think we we pretty much touched on everything in the last two and a half three hours um you know i think like the abs are in a great position the eagles are in a great position the grizzlies are in a great position Joe Sackett deserves GM of the year honors. Uh, a vaccine's on the way. Hopefully, we get sports back and we all get to uh, you know to meet up at Ball Arena as they're as they're calling it nowadays, and uh, you know get to enjoy a hockey game with eighteen thousand of our closest friends. In uh, kind of a, a moment of um, hopefully some salve to the ball arena conversation. I'll, I'll end with this. You know, I mentioned the Delta center earlier and then it was energy solutions arena. Now it's vivid smart home arena, but that stadium will always be the Delta center to me. So if, if push comes to shove, you can at least don't call it the can. (laughs) Because ball arena, Hey, they, they, they delve in aluminum. So you can still lots of lots of local beers. You you see that little ball logo on them. So you can at least still call it the can. At least you got that continuity going for you. So <laughs> most definitely. There you go. Most there definitely. You go. Oh hey, if you guys don't already, make sure you guys follow Scott McDonald at off with a zero. Scott Free and CC Hockley at CC. What are we? S E E S E E Hawk. Follow them mm-hmm. both on Twitter. CC does some amazing stuff with Simbin. Uh, I mean, Chip. Like we said, we we know we know each other now for yeah, basically two years. Christ, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, Scott, haven't known you very long, but 
it's all right. It's always a good time to start. And Scott always has a ton of good stuff. Everything from Scott takes to his, uh, to his, to his other columns he has on, on a Colorado hockey now. So, uh, make sure you get them both a read, pay the subscription money. It's worth it. I promise it is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys think, I mean, for our listeners out there, you think Jared and I are good hockey minds. You guys need to take a look at what Scott and CC have been putting out. I mean, I'll just say it straight up. You know, I, I love, I love reading your guys' stuff and, and listening to you guys' stuff. It's um, one of the few things nowadays that brings me joy at this time. So, Oh shit. Um, Thanks yeah. man. <laughs> thank you, Joel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's flattering. Man, thank you. But, but also, yeah, we, we hope people listen. We're, we're glad people do. And this is what it's about. I mean, like, I can barely know who you guys are. You know, we're, we just spent three hours talking about a hockey. And, like, that goes back to our concluding point, like, how, how big sports are in today's, today's world. You know, it, it unites people, and, and we need this. And yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Reading each other's work and, and, and sharing feelings and thoughts with each other, it's, it's, it's been cool. Yeah, definitely. And this was the first time me getting to meet CC. Uh, like I had said uh, at the beginning of this cast, um, Scott and I had met briefly, very briefly. Um, just uh, one of those uh, one of those AHL games where you know just got to talking and um, yeah, some some big things coming out of all three uh, franchises for sure. Um, so so thank you to both of you guys for. Uh, for coming on the show and uh and doing this with us yeah thanks for having us i'll, I'll be back yeah. for yes count, we'll, count me in as well we'll, we'll, we're, have we're to, package deal. We'll, we'll have to meet up again once nhl and ahl seasons draw closer hopefully and then maybe we can we'll let the trade deadline too i think it'd be a fun one sure Sounds good to maybe me. Even when, yeah, maybe even when like DNVR gets back, we all need to meet there and have some brews, mm. watch some games. Totally. Maybe. But I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll be fun for sure. I'm in. Got me in as well. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks. We really do appreciate it, boys. Guys, that was part three of our Eagles mini series with uh, CC Hockley and Scott McDonald, along with uh, obviously myself and Joel. And I mean, guys, like we said, that was. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that was just probably some of the some of the best hockey talk that I think Joel and I have had. That hasn't just been the two of us one to one in probably a what at least a year, if not longer. Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, uh, like we said, you know, we we just we just went off. Um, <laughs> we uh, you know, as far as everyone just hanging out, talking Avalanche hockey, um, it was such a great time. <laughs> And uh, we, we hope all of our listeners just absolutely, you know, take the same amount of joy that we took and uh, just having a great talk amongst the four of us. And obviously some great guys and uh, CeCe Hockley and Scott McDonald. And uh, we just wanted to thank them again just for, for coming on our show. And uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, we're going to be doing some more uh, joint podcasts with them. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited to see what that brings. Uh, I I know we'd even talked to, with them after we finished recording. We were talking about, hey, you know, like when maybe like when camp starts or when uh, when once free agency gets going again. I mean, let's let's definitely talk about doing that. I mean, dude, they're even talking about right now about not even playing this year. I mean, this is like this is a big big thing, especially when the NBA is already pretty much getting ready to go. 
Yeah. Yeah. For, I mean, as far as the NBA, they did start their training camps this week, which was nice to see, um, you know, got some nuggets content on the TL again. Um, but, but yeah, it is, you know, just uncertain times. And with that uncertainty comes, uh, just, you know, for, for us for anyways, just wanting hockey to get back. Um, and it was just a, a lot of, you know, a lot of that came from the heart and, um, it was just a great time. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Hey guys, once again, thanks for listening to, uh, this three part mini series. Um, we will get back on the regular docket of, you know, just your general sports stuff again, but this was something we had planned. We had been uh, planning for, wow, probably what, almost a month, month and a half now. I've been trying to do this. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. yeah. It took a while, but I mean, we got it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. About, about a yeah month, three weeks. Um, but we're just so happy we, we finally got to do this. And uh, also, uh, just another another quick tidbit for you guys: we did finally hit our hundredth follower on uh, the, the the pundit account on on Twitter. Um, so big shout out to uh, Nick Monaghan. Uh, he he did social media stuff for um, just the Eagles and uh, also does some work in Chicago as well, covering some teams. Um, but yeah, he is the, the lucky hundredth follower and he's going to be getting, um, I mean, it, it's the newer, uh, the newer player tees, the jerseys, and we're, we're just really excited to, to give that to him as well. Yeah. Uh, and again, I mean, thanks to all of you. I mean, we started this three, four months ago and now we're already, we've already hit one, one mark. Now the only thing left to do is hit another one. Um, yep, onwards, onwards and upwards, my friend. And and really quickly before we kind of close this thing up and send it off, did you just, did you see what, um, so in, in NHL 21, they've actually already updated the NHL, uh, the Colorado Avalanche's uniforms. Really? Yeah. So, um, I just put it up on the Twitter account and, as much as like everyone like really wants to hate the new blue pants, blue gloves, blue helmet look, dude, these things look great. I mean, everything just flows so well together that it's it's gonna be really hard to hate this this setup. It really is. Oh yeah, and you know you just love the classic uh, the classic blue. You get the white jerseys in there as well. Um, I've always been a big fan of the alternate jerseys, which I'm, I'm sure Jared's not really uh, too. You know, that's his his least favorite jersey. It's out the, of the current movie. alternate I hate. the 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 blueberry with the diagonal Colorado will always be my number one. Always. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just iconic. Um, super iconic. But and then they cap it off with the reverse retro man. I mean, it is some, some clean fits. Let me tell you. A hundred percent, man. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's crazy that NHL 21 already has them in the game. And so people kind of see like what it's going to look like on, I mean, I mean, while it's not reality in some sort of what we now know as reality in the world of COVID, it, it's at least pretty cool to see what it's going to look like without actually being able to see it live and in person yet. Most definitely. And you know, they're going to look just a thousand times better in person as well. A hundred percent will. Um, but Hey guys, once again, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening to the three part series. Um, 
we really do appreciate it uh, we appreciate all you guys on Spotify and on uh, Apple listening in we are still trying to figure out Google Play I, we cannot seem to figure out the issue on it just yet but we are definitely working on it to get it squared away pretty quickly um, another really uh, really nice thing that's coming up is Nuggets training camp is underway so um, be looking forward to some more Nuggets talk um, I'm still obviously somewhat of a novice in the Nuggets realm but I mean Joel pretty much backpacks me through most of those episodes as it is so it, it's it's a it's good because it's nice because I guess you get to learn and understand it a little bit better than I, I should know it already but I mean I'm really excited to just kind of break down a Faku Camposo uh, recent, they re-signed Paul Millsap today as well and yeah. just looking at the advancement of um, the Blue Arrow and Nikola Jokic, I mean, all those guys. I'm just, I'm excited to see what the next step is going to be for this for this Nuggets team. Oh yeah, me too. And and you flatter me, by the way, man. Thank you. <laughs> um, but but yeah, just really excited to get into some Nuggets talk here uh, coming up. We're probably going to drop an episode uh, closer to just the actual preseason start of things, and really excited about what those guys are building as well. Uh, like Jared and I were talking about. Just the the overall success of what Tim Connolly's been able to do uh, kind of mirrors Joe Sackick in a way with with that with that club. So, um, but yeah, guys, uh, looking forward to uh, yeah, just some more of that talk as well. And again, thanks just so much for for bearing with us and and listening, uh, especially with this three part mini series. Like we said, we just had so so much fun. And definitely looking forward to doing more episodes with those guys in the future. Yeah. And I'm just going to reiterate what Joel just said. Once again, uh, a huge thanks to CC, uh, Hockley and Scott McDonald. Um, if you haven't followed them on Twitter, you can follow Scott at uh, zero FF free or Scott free. My bad. Sorry, Scott. I'm just going to butcher that one two or three more times. And then uh, you can follow uh, CC Hockley at uh s-e-e-s-e hawk on twitter and scott once again it's zero ff scott free uh scott mcdonald's with car hockey now adrian dater they're putting out some amazing stuff over there about du and the abs right now and cc's doing some amazing stuff with sinbin news as well so uh make sure you give both those guys a follow give their stuff a read give their podcast a listen um uh you know i mean they just have some amazing amazing podcasts as well going on right now uh with with scott and uh with cc on uh, in the corners pod and uh three periods podcast on team sin bins so uh once again guys thanks for listening um call your folks tell them you love them tell someone you love them if you haven't talked to them in a while uh especially i mean we've been talking about it for weeks now these these lockdowns are me coming back unfortunately so i uh, gotta make sure you get in as much time with your loved ones as you can uh, and just make sure that everyone uh, you, you make sure that everyone feels um, your love to them and you can hopefully get some love back I mean sometimes it is only one way street but that's life welcome to reality it's not a Disney movie yep um, <laughs> so once again guys thanks for listening to the My High Pundit podcast we will catch you later on next week uh, probably talking more nuggets and probably another Broncos L we'll talk to you guys soon Take it easy, folks. Yeah, my family home for the holidays. I'm in the studio cooking up music because I know I never got time to waste. This is a decision I gotta make. Made it here, I can't stop now. Had to make what I got now. This is the life I chose. Seen the highs and lows. I've been getting what I want now. Middle finger to the middle.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.